if you're thankful that the hope of Jesus Christ has come down. Come on, church, let me hear an amen. Yeah, you can praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful. You can just feel it in this room. God, we are thankful for Christmas. We are thankful that 2,000 years ago, Lord God, you knew exactly what we needed. And you sent us a savior. And Father, we've been trying our best to celebrate you for 2,000 years now. And would you be blessed tonight? God, would you inhabit the praises of your people? Father, I thank you for every single person here in person. Those who are online, Father, would you meet each of us where we are today? We're thankful for hope, God. Hope changes everything. So pour out your spirit upon us today, oh God, as we open up your word, minister to us, be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name, and all of those who love God, said, Come on, New Hope. Praise the Lord one more time before you're seated. I can already tell this, uh, this, this late crowd's gonna be the rowdy one. You guys, you guys came to worship the Lord. Hey, I'm so thrilled that you are here today. Like, seriously, let me just take a moment before I, I get into the word, just, just to say how thankful I am that you are here. You know, it was a year ago. A year ago, Christmas was a hard time for the human race. Remember, remember a year ago, just imagine. And, and here we are a year later, and I've just enjoyed seeing so many of you. Uh, you've kind of come back. I've heard this over and over since we started Christmas services last night. People are like, you know what? I'm coming back to church. I've kind of still been staying away, but I'm gonna let Christmas be the time to come back. So for me, it's been so great just seeing some of you again. For others of you, you're new here, and uh, welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Benji, and I get the awesome privilege of serving as one of the pastors here, and we are just so thankful that you are here today. Well, here we are. Christmas is tomorrow. How, how, how y'all doing? Y'all got your gifts done? Hey, show because we're going to create a real transparent, honest environment here tonight. How many of you, you still got some Christmas shopping to do? Show of hands. All right, let, 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 we need to stop and pray for these people. They're, they're scattered. If you're going out there and you're going to try to manage that tonight. You know, gift giving is a trip, man. Um, have you heard about the, the four boys? That they were raised by their mom, single mom. She did all she could do to raise four boys. And she was a great mom. And, and the four boys became very successful. Lawyers, doctors, and such. I mean, they had some means, if you know what I'm saying. And so Christmas rolled around, and, and they got mama Christmas gifts like we should. Get your mama a Christmas gift. For those of you who still got some shopping to do, if it's not your mama, you might not need to worry about it. But if it's your mama, go get your mama a gift. Anyway, they, they got their mama a gift, and then they circled up after the holidays. They lived in different parts of the country. They circled up after the holidays to talk about uh, the Christmas season and just get together as a family. And, and the first boy, he said, you know what? Well, I decided to go all in this year, so I bought Mama a big house for Christmas. The second son said, well, I had a $100,000 Dolby Theater system put into that house. The third boy said, well, I had my Tesla dealer deliver a Model 3 to Mama right up in the driveway. Some of your moms are like, where are those kids, right? <laughs> right? Right? And the fourth kid, I love what the fourth one did. He said, you know, you know how mama used to love to read the Bible, but she's gotten too old now and, and her eyes and she can't really see it. And so guys, I did a little research and I found this church that had this parrot. And for, for three years, 12 pastors taught this parrot how to quote chapters of the Bible. 
He said, so I got mama this pair. He said, it cost me $100,000 for three years, $300,000, but I got her this pair. And all mama's got to do is say the, the book of the Bible and the chapter, and the parrot will quote the entire chapter of scripture. They got back together after the holidays and they started sharing how mom sent out thank you notes. You know how we do with the thank you notes. And mom said to the first boy, she said this, Milton, the house you built me is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Thanks anyway. <laughs> she wrote to the second one, Marvin, I'm too old to travel. I stay at home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never use the Tesla. Besides, I'm trying to keep my electric bill down. The thought was good nonetheless. She wrote to the third boy, Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby surround sound. It could hold up to 50 people, but all my friends are dead. I've lost my hearing and I'm nearly blind. I'll never use it. Thank you for the gesture anyway. But she wrote to her fourth boy, dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> oh, gift giving, man. It's a trip. It's a trip. Um, so we're in a series now, and it's called Christmas Outside of the Box. And this series really has impacted us as a church. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of rebellious, and if you know me, that's, I like that kind of stuff. It's kind of, it's radical, it's countercultural. And so the very first week, you might remember that the message was spend less. And then the second week, we, we talked about give more. Sounds contradictory, but if, if you go back and listen to those, you'll see how they work together. And then last week, this first message I taught in the series was love everyone, love all, right? And then this week, we're talking about worship fully. Can we just give some thanks for that family that did the Advent moment earlier? Everybody, come on, everybody say worship fully. I want to talk to you about worship because you see, the truth is we have all been in the same space. I'm just like you. You're just like me. And we've all lived in this world for the last two years. And if we were just honest with ourselves, we would, we would admit that we have all encountered the brokenness of this world. Darkness has descended and thank God it's not like it was last year. And I really believe we are coming out of it. Praise God. But let me tell you something. The truth is we've looked around and we've seen humanity at its brokenness. And we've seen darkness descend on the land. But I want to remind you tonight that the light of Christ, come on church, is stronger than any darkness we will ever encounter. Come on. The light of Christ pushes back the darkness. And tonight we're going to end this service holding up candles and singing silent night. Because the truth is, I believe what I'm about to talk to you about for just a short period of time has the power and the potential to help you and me navigate these crazy days in which we live. I want to talk to you about worship. Who knows what December 21st is? December 21st? It's the, yeah, it's the winter solstice. It was just this past Tuesday. And up until this past Tuesday, every single day it was getting a little more dark. 
But after Tuesday, we hit the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. And, and now the light, it's small. You won't notice it every day, but incrementally, things are getting lighter. And I want to let you know today that this message, I really believe, and I've seen how it's worked in the last few services. This message, if you will lean in and, and don't pay a lot of attention to what this man says, but what God's word says, and you let it impact you in 2022, I believe the light of Christ will shine in your life like never before. Amen? Amen. Amen. What is worship? What, what, is, what is worship? I can tell you what it's not. And this is what some of you just thought. It's not just showing up at church and singing a song. That's part of worship, but that's not worship in its entirety. You know that you can go back and look at Isaiah chapter one. You can read this later, but in Isaiah chapter one, God tells God's people that there was a cheap, flimsy kind of worship that turned his stomach. He, he can't stand it. The, the word even uses a stronger word than that, that God hates worship that is all about lip service, but not from the inside. It's all about just putting on a show. It's all about ceremonial. It's all about clicking a box and going to church. Hey, I did that. Check that. No, 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 no. Worship is so much more than that. In fact, Jesus would quote Isaiah chapter 1 in chapter 5, verse 8. Come on, church. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Come on. It is easy to go to church to go to a Christmas Eve service and sing songs, but our hearts not be in it. We can pray a prayer, you know this, we can pray a prayer, but not really have it come from the heart and not connect with God. And in the same way, Isaiah 1 and Matthew 5 lets us know that there is a worship that turns God off. There's also a worship that God loves, that God leans into, that God blesses. So what is worship? What do you think? What is, what is worship? Let me share with you just a few definitions that I've used over the years. Worship is acknowledging God for who he is, and what's that next word? And responding accordingly. Worship is a response. Everybody say response. It's acknowledging God for who he is and responding accordingly. Second definition. Worship, I love this one, is offering all that I am to God. In what, in what? In response for all that he has done in and through Jesus. Worship is a response. God reveals, come on, we respond. God discloses, we respond. God unveils, we respond. God saves, God forgives, God redeems, and we Respond. If you're online, just chat that in. Type that in the chat right now. Response. That's what worship is. And here's what I believe to be true in the very core of my being. When we understand Christmas more deeply, we will worship Christ more fully. Say that with me. When we understand Christmas more deeply, we will worship Christ more fully. Hey, I want to share a video with you. It, it says it. It's, it captures the heartbeat of our theme for tonight. You're going to love this. Check it out.
worship. Everybody worships. Everyone, everywhere worships something. Whatever captivates the heart's affections, the mind's attention, and the soul's ambition essentially has our worship. We worship everything from pop icons to our jobs to our favorite sports team. While the object and method of worship vary, the act of worship does not. Oftentimes, our worship is focused on ourselves. The pursuit of fame, wealth, and personal satisfaction becomes the focus of our wants and desires. But no matter how much we worship these things, they can never satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. God has uniquely designed us with meaning and purpose. He's divinely created us in his own image. When we worship the created and not the creator, we are left unfulfilled and unsatisfied. We deny God the worship that is rightfully his. When we step into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, our relationship with God should become elevated above every other ambition, every other affection, and every other activity. It should change everything we do. It begins to change the words we say, the decisions we make, the way we view our circumstances and see the people around us. It changes our goals, desires, and pursuits. Instead of searching for meaning and purpose in our life, it becomes the meaning and purpose of our life. Worshiping God is not limited to singing a song on Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle lived out in reverence to God wherever he has placed you. There is no sacred and secular divide. Worship involves all of our lives, not just one part. Not just one part. That means we worship as we work, as we parent, as we go to school, as we gather around the table, as we suffer, as we compete, as we love, as we seek, as we create. All that we believe, think, say, and do should flow from our beating heart of worship. So what is worship? It's the outpouring of our lives, led by the Spirit and rooted in God's truth, devoting all we are and all we do to Him, our Creator. It's ascribing worthiness to the one who alone is worthy. Hmm. Great video. So what I want to do in our time tonight is I want to I want to just look at four characters in the Christmas story. You, you might not have ever thought about this, but Christmas can be one of the most challenging messages to prepare each year because you're kind of going from the same passage and you're trying to tell the same story in creative and fresh ways. And I'm actually really excited about what I'm going to share with you tonight because it was an epiphany for me. I, I've never actually looked at the Christmas story uh, this way until this week as I prepared this message. I want to look at four characters in the Christmas story that if we will allow them, they will help us regain, recalibrate, reorient our souls back to worship. Because again, church, I'm telling you, there's nothing that can help you and me navigate the darkness and the craziness of our world better than worship. So here's the first one. The first one is John jumped. You might be like, what you talking about? John jumped. Everybody say John jumped. When Mary went and stayed with her cousin Elizabeth, 
who was pregnant with John the Baptist, Elizabeth exclaimed in Luke chapter 1, verse 44, out loud together, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb did what? Leaped for joy. How's your joy these days? Again, I want to try to create a very transparent, honest environment tonight where you don't think so much about the people beside you, but you just think about your relationship with God. How many of you would confess that the last couple of years has taken its toll on your joy factor? I got an honest crowd here tonight. I love it. Like, like show of hands, how many of you would say, you know what, in the last couple of years, I just feel myself losing some of my joy from time to time. Yeah, I'm with you. And the enemy wants to do that, and the world can zap that joy right out of you. What we find from John, even when John was in his mom, the Bible talks about babies in their mom, that John jumped for joy. He leaped for joy. So the question I would have for you tonight is this. What is holding you back from jumping with joy just to be involved in the things of God? Come on, can, can you remember the, the times when you used to just get so excited about the things of God? When you just, you got so excited about singing songs to, to God because it wasn't just lip service, but it was from your heart. You got so excited about serving other people and making a difference. You got so excited about doing life with other Christians that you just had a joy that was contagious. And what I've seen kind of blanket over humanity in the last couple of years is, is a kind of terminal seriousness where we've lost our joy. Joy comes from worshiping God. What are you worshiping these days? Some of you know that, that I, I go to a lot of Duke basketball games. My kids and I went on Wednesday night, and uh, we were watching Duke play basketball. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know this, but like when you go into Duke, you, you actually see worship taking place. But it ain't worshiping God. I mean, I'm talking about, they, talking about jumping. I mean, they go crazy up in that place. And I'll admit, I get, I get into it. I clap and I go crazy. I, I do the chants and all that kind of stuff. Coach K, this is last year. When Coach K walks through, now you know what the whole crowd does? I, I don't do this typically. They, they, now, of course, they, they're just doing it in jest. But I, I would say to you that if you're not careful in our culture, you can get mixed up in worshiping the wrong things. It ain't got to be Duke basketball. We got any NC State fans up in here? That's what I thought. Very few of you. <laughs> Watch this. How about my Carolina fans? <laughs> Y'all always so rowdy, man. <laughs> you, you can go to any of those. You might not like sports. It might be opera for you or Broadway or theater or whatever the case may be. But the truth is we can go to these kinds of environments and we can get crazy and yell and hoot and holler. And then we can show up in church and be like, <laughs> like what's up with that? Like, seriously, I want to press on that a little bit. Why can we show so much passion and so much joy for so many of the things of this world, but when it comes to God, we go lethargic and complacent? I want to encourage you tonight. You know, the, the, the Bible says, God says in his word, I need you to return to your first love. That's in Revelation chapter two. And some of you, again, just in honest transparency, you would admit, hey man, I've just lost my joy. I've lost my passion for my first love. In fact, in Revelation chapter two, the Bible says this, nevertheless, I have this against you. This is God's word. This is God speaking. I have this against you that you have left your first love. 
Maybe Christmas is a time for you to let the Holy Spirit of God recalibrate your heart today. And you walk out of here more committed to, to just doing everything you can do to be a joyful Christian. Listen, it is an attitude. There is some choice involved. And maybe Christmas wants to do that in your life this year. Number two, Mary magnified. John jumped, but Mary magnified. Joining the rich traditions of poets and artists, Mary composes this beautiful song in God's word. And in Luke chapter one, Verses 47 through 49, the Bible says this. You read the last scripture so well. Let's just keep reading it out loud together. Go. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Come on, church. Holy is his name. That part of the scriptures is called the Magnificat. And this is Mary actually writing out a song to her Lord where she magnifies God. She's pregnant. And it's not from some dude. She's pregnant. The Bible, if you're new to this whole Christian faith thing, this is going to stretch you and blow your mind, and you might find it hard to believe. But the Bible says that she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. She was a virgin. And she is pregnant with the Son of God, and she magnifies God. Mary is wide awake. The pain of childbirth has been eclipsed by wonder. Maybe you've lost some of your wonder. She looks into the face of the baby, her son, her Lord, his majesty. And at this point in human history, she best understands who God is and what God is doing and what he is doing in and through her in this smelly stable. She hears the words of the angels, remember? His kingdom shall never end. He looks like a baby, not a king. And Mary burst out into this praise, extolling God for his attributes and his concern for the humble. And before we think of Mary more than we should, let me just remind you that she refers to God as her savior as well. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. Absolutely amazing holiness in the filth of sheep manure and sweat entering into the world on the floor of a stable through the womb of a teenager. His face is probably red and wrinkled. You know, all babies aren't good looking when they're born. You know this, right? I know you think yours were. And, and listen, I got my five with me. I, they were some of the most beautiful babies on the planet. But you ever showed up at the hospital and somebody said, oh, look at my baby. She's so pretty. And you're thinking, no, she ain't. <laughs> they come into this world in a hard condition, right? The Bible says Jesus didn't look any more different than we did. Had the appearance of a man. But Mary, beautiful Mary, magnified the Lord. Here's the question I would have for you. In what ways does your life, come on, just think about it with me, magnify the Lord so that people can see him through you? In what ways does 
your life, how you live, magnify the Lord. And one of the best things you could do tonight is just do some soul inventory and maybe walk out of here more committed today that I'm going to let the Lord use me so that my life, my waking hours, my sleeping hours, how I live, how I speak, what I say, what I do actually magnifies the Lord, that I actually magnify God with my talent and my time and my treasure and I'm tired of playing games and I'm going to get back in and I'm going to let my one and only life count. For something eternally significant. Come on now. If John jumped and Mary magnified, here's the third thing. I love this. Joseph obeyed. I think Joseph has, has kind of been left out of the Christmas story a lot over the years. Joseph obeyed. I mean, just think about this for a moment. All right, guys, guys young, 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 young dudes up in the house. You got your girlfriend, right? You're dating her. You know something's up when she says, Hey, hey, yo, let's do dinner. I'm, I'm, I'm paying. <laughs> you go to dinner with your, with your girlfriend, with your fiance, and, and she goes, hey, I, 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 got, I got good news. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? This little boy who looks like he's about four years old just went, oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes, she goes, she goes, yo, hey, um, I'm pregnant. And you're like, yeah, you know it's not you. And you're like, what? And she goes, I know it's not you, but it's, it's not another guy either. How would you respond? Be like, you need to put the crack pipe down, right? right? What does Joseph do, though? Joseph obeys. Look at, look at what scripture says, Matthew 1, 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph reminds us that the call of God, listen, is not always easy. The call of God is not always convenient. But Joseph obeyed. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Faithful worship always involves obedience. And don't miss this. Delayed obedience is simply disobedience. Joseph obeyed. Joseph followed. Here's the question I would ask you moving on quickly. How's God calling you to obey him in 2022? Maybe there's an area of your life, I don't know, man, only you know this is between you and God and it'll come to your mind if it needs to come to your mind right now. Maybe there's an area of your life and you know, you know that it's just in disobedience to God. Maybe it's a lifestyle, maybe it's something you're engaged in, maybe it's something you're addicted to, maybe whatever. You know what it is. And one of the most powerful things that could happen tonight would be for you to do business with God over that particular area in your life. To actually confess that to a holy God. And then to actually repent of that. And the word repentance simply means to turn away from that which we're talking about and head towards God in obedience. Heck, maybe it's not even something sinful. Maybe it's just something that you know that God has been calling you to do it and you haven't taken a step towards it. Lady told me last night, that right before COVID hit in, in early 2020, she was getting ready to write a book. 
and that just hit her hard. She put it aside. She hadn't touched it again. Maybe you're here today and you feel like God's calling you back to school and you just, you, you just haven't, you haven't mustered up the faith and the courage to do it. Maybe, maybe you're here and God wants you to reach out and reconcile a relationship. Only you know what it is, but what is God calling you to do that you have been putting off, that you have been procrastinating? It's time to put delayed obedience aside. Let's follow the example of Joseph and step into obedience. Here's the fourth one, last one. Angels adored. Angels did what, church? Angels adored. Going back to the Luke Christmas story that Abby read so powerfully earlier, look at what happened in chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 out loud. Here we go. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Angels adored him. Let me speak to the men for a moment. If you're not careful, I'll lose you right there. Because you don't like this whole language of adoring anything. Come on, come on. Doesn't sound very manly to you. I would stand before you today and let you know that I am unashamedly in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and unashamedly adore him. Maybe what you need to do is just soften into the story. Have you ever just basked in your mind and, and, and pictured the Christ child in that stable, born in all the stench and earthiness of this world? To, to, to realize that not only did God send him, but if you go back and read Philippians 2, he chose to come. He, he, he came on a life-saving, sin-forgiving, eternity setting to secure your eternity in heaven. He came. He left heaven to come to this sin-scarred, broken world. Like that's, that's worthy of of humility and adoration, is it not? The angels adored him. And I wonder tonight if you would join them in that. Hey, how do you know if someone loves you? It's not a trick question. How do you know if someone loves you? Is it, is it because they say they love you? No, 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 words are cheap. Words come a dime or dozen. Now, don't get me wrong. We all like to hear that somebody loves us. <laughs> this is not in my message, but I just went there in my mind. Uh, I remember the, 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 the couple that was in counseling, and she said, he never tells me he loves me anymore. And he said, I told you when I married you, I'll let you know if it ever changes. <laughs> listen, guys. Listen, guys. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. I'm not prescribing that. We all like to hear it, but, but, but seriously though, how do you know if somebody really loves you? They sh action. They show you. They put action with their words. Hey, I just want to wrap up 
tonight with a few key things about that. God showed you his love by sending his only son. He not only said it, he could have just said it, but he showed it to you by sending his only son. He put action to it. Paul would say in the New Testament that, that this Jesus is God's indescribable gift at Christmas. Fully God, fully human, came in the form of this baby that we celebrate at Christmas. But be careful that you don't just think of him tonight as a baby. You see, the problem with, with CNE people, CNE people, you know what CNE people, the Christmas and Easter people. And that's who you are. I'm so glad you're here. Seriously, I don't believe in, I don't believe in, I don't believe in, I don't believe in beating up CNE people. Some pastors do that. I don't believe in that. I'm glad you're here. But the problem with that is if you're not careful, you, you'll come to church at Christmas and you'll celebrate this sweet little baby in swaddling clothes, and then you'll bounce up like a bunny on Easter Sunday morning and you'll celebrate a resurrected Lord, but you just missed what he did in between. And that's the second thing I would say. Not only did he show us, God showed his love by allowing Jesus to die for you. He showed his divine, eternal love when he spread wide his arms and he died on a cross for you and for me. And if you're kind of new to this whole thing called faith, you might think, well, well why did he have to do such a thing? It's because there's this short little word. It's only three letters and I, 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 you. We're right in the middle of it. It's called sin. And because there's sin in your life and my life, there had to be a price paid. You, what are you talking about? So here, God is holy. And because God is holy and I am not, there had to be a price paid because those two were irreconcilable. Pure holiness, which is hard for us to understand, and pure sinfulness, which is easy for us to understand, we get that. They couldn't, God, God in his holiness could not even be in the presence of my sin. So a price had to be paid. If you know your Bibles in the Old Testament, if you don't, let me explain it to you. The way they got around this was they had a sacrificial system. And in the Old Testament, they would, they would sacrifice lambs without blemish. And then the priest would take the blood from the lamb without blemish go into the, the holy of holies where that blood was a propitiation of forgiveness of the people's sin. The Bible says in the fullness of time, God basically said enough of the old covenant. I'm bringing forth a new covenant. I'm gonna show my people that I love them by sending my son and he's gonna die on a cross for them where his blood will be the propitiation, the forgiveness of their sin. Now what's really, really cool is you get to John's gospel and Jesus shows up on the scene and they look at Jesus and they said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I just wonder tonight if maybe you're here and You've never really had a moment where you've surrendered your life to that gift. 
Maybe you're here tonight and, and you've never actually experienced salvation. And we're going to be worshiping fully in a moment. And I want to let you know, you can't worship God unless you know God. You can't worship God unless you've received the gift of Christmas. The family that did the Advent reading earlier, I don't know about you, but I've actually loved this Advent moment that we've had each week during this series, having families come up and read and share scripture and prayer. It's been one of my favorite elements in this series. But, but I want you to imagine that I want to give you a gift for Christmas. And just say I handed you this gift. You see, you wouldn't actually experience my gift unless you did what? Unless you opened it and you received it. In the same way the, the Bible says that the way we are born again, the way we receive this salvation, the way our sins are forgiven, the way our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is a biblical phrase that basically says my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life forever. The way I know that I am heaven bound is I receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And I just wonder tonight if you've done that. I want to just, again, create a moment of honesty and transparency. And I love the holy hush that's in the house right now. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you worshiped fully? What is God speaking to you in this moment? And I want to ask us to just go before the Lord in prayer. I want you to do your best to forget about people around you for a moment. To forget about what's still left to do or not do for Christmas tomorrow. And I want you to think about eternity and your soul. And which of these four characters really, really spoke to you tonight? Will you pray with me? All heads bowed, eyes closed. Can I just repeat myself in prayer now? God loves you. He really, really loves you. And I'm sorry if people have tried to convince you that you were unlovable or people that you care for have hurt you. But God loves you. And he loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. And make it personal tonight. If you were the only person, Jesus still would have come to save your soul. He's crazy about you. He's for you. The Bible says the way we experience salvation and we are equipped to worship fully is when we just receive this gift of Jesus. So if you're here today and you want to receive Christ, I want to ask you to do something bold. Again, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want to ask you, just, just lift up your hand right now. Just raise up your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. Lift it up high. I see you folks. Over. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, hold it up. I see you back here. Thank you. Here down front. Yeah, 
Praise God. Lift it up. I see you folks back here, over here, here. Balcony, you're with us in this. Yes, I see you way over there. Hold it up high. Just lift it up. It doesn't save you, but there's something powerful about reaching towards heaven. With your hand lifted high, this is the defining moment. Eternity rests in the balance. Just say this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive the gift of Christmas. Thank you for coming. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I am a sinner, and I need you to be my Savior. So come into my life today. Come into my life to stay. I will serve you. I will follow you to the best of my ability all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. I want to keep praying for everybody else in the house. I wonder tonight if you would just do business with God over these characters that we've talked about. I wonder tonight if when I spoke about John jumping with joy and excitement and we raised our hands and admitted we've kind of lost a little bit of that. I'm wondering if that moment really spoke to you and resonated with you and you want to say to God tonight, hey God, I, I need more joy in my life. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to have an attitude of joy and passion for you and the things of God if that's you, would you just lift up your hand where you are? Just Again, just be honest with the Lord. Raise it up. God, give me more joy. Yeah, hands all over this place. Father, bless them. Maybe you're here tonight, and when I talked about Mary, the Magnificat, and her, her magnifying the Lord, and I asked you this question, what areas of your life are you magnifying the Lord so that people can see Jesus through you. Maybe you sense some conviction. You want to get back on point. You want to get back on mission. You want to realize that God has given you one life. And you want to use it well to magnify Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just lift it up high. Say, Lord, use me to magnify you. Yeah, I love the spirit in here tonight. Just keep doing business with God. Say, God, help my life magnify you. Use my talent, my time, my treasure. We then looked at Joseph and how Joseph obeyed. Is there an area in your life where you know God is calling you to obey? Beloved, you are never going to walk on water unless you get out of the boat. If you're here tonight and you sense there's something in your life that you're not obeying God with and you want that to change tonight... Just raise your hand right where you are. Just lift it up. Say, God, I'm, I'm going to move. I'm going to move in obedience. No more delayed obedience. Yeah. Bless you. Angels adored. If when I unpack that a little bit, something inside of you said, you know what? My heart is just hard. I've got too much pride. I have a hard time loving. I have a hard time adoring anything, let alone God. Maybe another way of putting this, maybe you just need to soften in to the spirit of Christmas more. Soften in to adoring God and loving people. If that's you and you feel like that's an area for you to say, God, I want to I adore you more in the year to come. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just lift it up. 
Thank you, God. God, I'm just so grateful for every person here. God, we all have areas that we need to to let this Christmas story just reorient and recalibrate our lives. Father, thank you for your children. Thank you for what you are doing in this very moment. We love you because you first loved us. We honor you. We celebrate you. And now, oh God, we get a chance to apply this and lean in and worship you fully. We thank you for this night. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray it in his name. And all of God's people said, hey, for those of you who just received Christ, the first part of that prayer, I want to I want to show you how our church feels about you right now. Come on, church. Let them know. Welcome. Welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. We're going we're gonna to sing a song now. It's called Great Are You, Lord. And then we're going we're gonna to move into what is my favorite all-time Christmas song by far, Oh, Holy Night. And then we're going to have a candlelight moment. Would you stand to your feet and let's worship God fully.
Thank you, Lord, is right. So I started my message earlier talking about the darkness. The darkness that has permeated the planet from the beginning. But the gospel good news of Jesus is that the darkness cannot overcome or overpower the light of Christ. In fact, John's gospel says the darkness has not comprehended the light of Christ. So we stand not as victims of darkness, but we stand as victors in Christ Jesus. In fact, John's gospel put it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made that has been made. Here's the key verse, verse 4 of chapter 1. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on and praise the Lord. So the power of this moment is that this represents the light of Christ. And that light has come to all of us. We are recipients of that light. And so I'm going to ask some staff members to join me down front. And while they're doing this, I want to tell you something really cool that we are ushering in tonight. From this moment forward, every single Sunday, there will be staff and new hopers who are assigned to different sections of the worship center and the balcony. These five just represent these five sections down front. We've got a section back there, got a section back there, section back there. We've got sections in the balcony. And before you get here on Sundays, here's what you need to know. Pastors and staff and new hopers will be praying over your chair, literally. We did it tonight. Your chair was touched and prayed for before you got here. We want you to know that you are cared and you are loved. And we want you to know that every single Sunday there will be Folks who have a lanyard around their neck, identifying them as section leaders, where our job is to pray for you, serve you, love you, and get you connected within the body of Christ. We have a dream, we have a vision that this would be a church where everyone knows they are needed and known. And so these five are going to take the light of Christ, and they're going to take it to their sections, and others will as well. Fran, the light of Christ. Reese, the light of Christ. Harrison, the light of Christ. Abby, the light of Christ. Pam, the light of Christ. Now, as these candles come to you, if you don't mind, take the unlit candle and tilt it toward the lit candle. Just helps with, you know, the wax and all. It's starting to spread balcony. There's section leaders. They're getting you going. And as this light, I want you to look around how dark it is now. But I want you to watch what happens. Church, hear me. What we do matters. The world 
is getting increasingly dark. And it is the call of God upon the people of God from the house of God to take the light of Christ into the world. And I just want to encourage you, don't let this end when you walk out of here tonight. Worship fully. Get into the things of God. Get involved in a church. If you don't live around here, go to some Bible-believing, Jesus-exalting church. But be in church on Sundays and let's learn to worship more fully and realize that it is our calling to offer hope to an ever-increasing hopeless world. Amen? Let's sing together. Come on, Sister Cherise. Oh, you sound great, church. Keep it up. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But, 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 before he left us 2,000 years ago, he said, you are the light of the world. He said, no one lights a candle and puts a bushel over it, but instead, let your light shine so that all people may see your deeds in heaven and praise God in heaven. 
So let's shine the light of Christ in 2022, church. When you walk, come on, when you walk out of here tonight, remember you are God's anointed one to shine the light wherever you go. I don't even want to blow it out. I wish I could just take this thing around with me, Cherise. Carry it with me all day, every day. Carefully blow it out if you don't mind. When you walk out, there'll be baskets for you to put these in. Let me just say a few words before you move. Nehemiah prayer room is over here if you need prayer. Hey, don't, don't rush off. There's no need to linger. We've got a bar. Some of you really need to go to this kind of bar. It's a cocoa bar. We got a cocoa bar. Listen, we got shepherds and sheep. We got a photo booth. We got all kinds of things. Hang around, linger, enjoy the body of Christ. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. Hey, I love you, church. I love you very, very much. Merry Christmas and God bless.